Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are things in Ohio? Things are good here. How about yourself, Chris? Good. And after last week's podcast, I want to ask, how's the weather? You know, today is gorgeous. Uh, one of those perfect fall days. Once I leave here, I'm going home to ride. I gotta love that time of year. It's always great. Great time to ride. Horses love it. They're sprightly. Today, we're going to talk about complete feeds because it's something we haven't really addressed a lot of. And, you know, I think owners need to be aware that this is something available in their nutritional arsenal, right? It, it's something always available. I, I, I'm excited to talk about this because because there's many situations in my life that I've thought, oh, that would have been a perfect time that I probably could have been feeding a complete feed, you know, especially when I didn't have any any hay or any good quality hay, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it happens all the time. So I guess just to open this kind of up to the audience is what is a complete feed? So that's a good question because sometimes I hear this term used different ways. So to kind of ground our discussion... A lot of times you hear about feed that is complete in the sense that it's fortified and balanced. So it's going to complement your forage and provide a complete diet to the horse. So really any feed in the tribute line would be complete in that sense. What we're talking about today when we're talking about complete feed is complete in the sense that it's high in fiber. And if you needed to, you could replace all of the forage in a horse's diet with one of these products. That is what we're saying when we're saying complete. So you would feed it as the total diet or the complete diet of the horse. Another synonym for this would be a senior feed. So senior feeds are generally complete feeds. We definitely have things in the line that are complete feeds that don't have senior in the name as well. Just, you know, to make it all clear as mud for you. But what we're talking about today are going to be products that are really high in digestible fiber. Just to help out listeners in, in their heads, because, uh, you know, as, as I go through the tribute line and, and see where that feed fits in, where that feed fits in, can you kind of talk about the different types of feed then? Because, like, I go, what's the pur- purpose of a ration balancer to a general feed to a complete feed? So could you just comment on that to, to, to kind of clear the mud? <laughs> because <laughs> it is a little muddy. Yeah, no, absolutely. So kind of thinking about like your big picture buckets of types of feed. Ration balancers would be the first one. We've talked about these quite a bit on the podcast. Highly concentrated in nutrients, super small feeding rate, only a pound or two per day. The opposite of complete feed. These are meant to complement a essentially forage only diets. They're eating lots of forage, whether we're talking about pasture or hay. Next, I think about things that are we call full intake feeds. So they're going to require, in our line, four pounds or greater per day for the average size horse to provide all of the nutrients that you'd get in just that pound or two of a ration balancer. So these would be things like Calmanese, Calmultra, Senior Sport, Race Feeds, etc. Now we can think about, from there, complete feeds. Complete feeds are, again, feeds that can be used to provide the entire diet of the horse. So they're high enough in digestible fiber that they support the horse's digestive needs for fiber. A lot of things that are full intake feeds 
also fall into the complete feeds category. So our seniority feeds, these are really traditional complete feeds. They're lower fat, so they're lower calories, so that once your horse really doesn't have great teeth or some other reasons we'll talk about too, you could feed 15, 20 pounds of this per day to provide their entire diet. Senior sport would be one, calm and easy, wholesome blend senior, resolve, All of these, if you look at the tag, are 15% or greater in crude fiber. All of that fiber is coming from really digestible sources. So whenever I talk about senior feeds, complete feeds, forage replacement, we want to make sure the fiber is coming from good quality sources, soy hulls, beet pulp, alfalfa meal. We want to avoid things like rice hulls, oat hulls, peanut hulls, because those are essentially indigestible. They would give you that high crude fiber value, but not actually support the horse's needs. So to recap, hopefully this all makes sense. Ration balancers, really small feeding rate. Then you have things that are meant to be fed in greater quantities. We'll call these full intake feeds. Those are for horses who need nutrients and calories. Some of those then have enough fiber in them that they would qualify as complete feeds. Just to clarify, because you, you, you talked about it, and, and I think it's really important. So owners can look at the feed tag and see the ingredients. So what sources of fiber would they want to avoid in a complete feed? Just, sure. just to, just to you know, drive that home. That in yeah. Head, like, okay, let me remember that and write yeah. this down. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wouldn't avoid them just in a complete feed. I'd avoid them in all feeds. But rice hulls oat hulls and peanut hulls would all be common ingredients. Sometimes they'll be under the collective term roughage products or forage products. These are going to be things that are essentially indigestible to the horse, but increase the crude fiber value. So it would make it technically fall into a complete feed. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't actually add value and it's not digestible to the horse, it doesn't help them and you're not meeting the horse's actual fiber needs. His horses are designed to be grazers. So in a perfect world, we would never need to use a complete feed. We don't live in a perfect world. Horses' teeth don't stay perfect forever. There are things like droughts where hay is just not available in the quantity that we need. Horses have certain health issues that require us to remove them from long stem forage for periods of time. So there are reasons that we need these complete feeds. So if you are in one of those situations, you want to make sure you have chosen a product that's going to actually support that fiber need through the choice in those ingredients put in the feed. That's perfect. That that was my next question. So when would you feed a complete feed? So you talked about age and forage, but maybe if we can kind of dive into that a little deeper, some of the, the things that you have experienced in your career with, you know, advising owners, when you would say, okay, this is, this is the ideal situation where a complete feed would fit. So the the number one time we use a complete feed is for the senior horse. So over time, their teeth wear down, they start falling out, things like that, and they're just not able to break down forage adequately anymore. So you start seeing them do things like quid their hay, where they're just dropping chunks of hay out. So they've munched on it for a while and they don't actually get it down. It just falls up and falls out of their mouth. Even before that happens, sometimes we'll see a senior horse who, yeah, they're still picking at their hay, but the quantity that they're eating is not very high. And because they can't grind it very well anymore, even if they're getting it down, 
their ability to digest it is pretty poor. So we end up feeding a complete feed. First, we start, you know, ideally we want to keep some long stem forage in the diet. So first we start feeding the complete feed. And then slowly over time, you find yourself, if you started at four or five pounds when they were eating some hay, over time as they eat less and less hay, or it's gotten to the point where they're going to choke if they eat hay, so we take it away. Then we get to the point where we're feeding them their entire diet in the complete feed. So I think that's probably the most common use of a complete feed is as a senior feed for that horse who just can't break down forage anymore. And we're going to feed them quite a bit. I mean, if you think about they used to eat a lot of hay, now we need to provide the calories and the fiber through our complete feed. So it wouldn't be uncommon to feed 15, 20 pounds of a complete feed per day. Now, you do need to be mindful that that five pounds per meal is still the maximum we want to feed, even if it's a complete feed. So we're breaking it up into multiple small meals. And ideally, it would be more than three or four meals a day if we could swing it. So remember, they're meant to be eating 20 hours a day. So the more small meals we can break our complete feed into, the better. After that, some other reasons we might recommend a complete feed. I've had some horses with COPD or heaves. So even if you're wetting your hay down, steaming it, things like that, and you can't get the horse's COPD or heaves under control, or steaming hay is not an option at their barn, the dustiness of the hay triggers that inflammatory respiratory response. Even though we love to feed long stem forage, some cases the negative health impacts of long stem forage really offset the positive digestive components to that. So we end up feeding a complete feed to those horses. Uh, We already touched on just hay availability. So a lot of times what I would recommend is, let's say, hay is just not available in great quantities in some years. There's been a horrible drought, things like that happen. We'd like to still preserve some long stem forage in the diet. So what I tend to recommend is that we stretch the amount of hay that we have. So even if we used to feed them 15 pounds of hay per day, and you know what, I I can't get enough hay to get through the winter, it's simply not available, is say, all right, let's cut it back to seven pounds, feed more of the complete feed, still keep some long stem forage in the diet. So those would be examples where I wouldn't necessarily want to just feed Let's say I'm supposed to feed 15 pounds of hay. I can only feed seven. And I used to feed Calm Ultra. Calm Ultra is a great feed. It's not a complete feed. It would provide the calorie deficit of dropping back our hay, but it's not going to provide enough fiber. So the horse's digestive tract will actually be healthier if we provide those calories through senior sport, for example. Still high fat, but brings a bunch of fiber in at the same time. So it complements the hay. Along those lines, maybe you have plenty of hay, but it's kind of stemmy. It's not hay you're real proud of to have in the barn. I might not need to feed great quantities of that complete feed, but feeding a product that is high in fiber to complement that lower quality hay gives that hindgut really good, highly digestible fiber to keep it as healthy as possible. It actually helps the horse better digest that lower quality hay. So you can see examples when we're thinking about drought, et cetera, or not great hay quality where you use complete feed. Maybe you're only feeding four or five pounds of it and still feeding 15 or 20 pounds of low quality hay. Maybe we're feeding smaller quantities of hay and using that complete feed to make up the difference because it's not available. 
How about the flip side where you have gorgeous, amazing, super lush pasture in the spring. For some reason, hay is not available and you have a horse with insulin resistance. Well, I certainly don't want to just toss them out on that really lush pasture and risk having a laminitic event. So maybe in that case, I rely on Calmanese, which is low NSC, also a complete feed, in order to get all of their fiber into them and not risk laminitis and maintain them on a dry lot. So again, these are kind of fringe events that happen. They definitely still happen. So this, these are tools in your toolbox. So I always recommend keep as much long stem forage in the diet as possible for as long as possible. But we do have some tools for when you have those crazy events that it's not possible. You know, I've, from a health perspective, so, you know, we've mentioned COPD and heaves. Another one that I, you know, at least have a couple horses a year usually is right dorsal colitis. So in this case, um, the horse actually has damage to the lining of their hindgut and you have to let that damage heal. And it's kind of crazy, but All other horses do really well on long stem forage. When you've damaged the lining of the hindgut through something like butte toxicity, you actually need to remove the long stem forage of the diet because that scratch factor kind of prevents the hindgut from healing. So we'll put these horses on a diet that is a complete feed because we're essentially resting the hindgut. So just kind of different random scenarios that might happen where most of the horses stay on hay, but you have this one or two health situations that we need to feed entirely differently than we normally would. Well, I think it's good. It, it's good that you you touched upon all those different examples. That way, owners understand that that they have this option because it, 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 we know we don't feed our horses like, say, our cats and dogs. But that's kind of what a complete feed feels like. So, my question would be, because I can think, I could just see owners out there thinking through this: How do we ensure their digestive health just feeding them a bag of feed? Because it goes against everything we've been taught since we were in 4-H or FFA or wherever we came up. Oh, no, you got to feed horses hay. If you don't feed them hay, they're going to drop dead. So with a complete feed, is it just that fiber that that is that is stimulating the gut, that's keeping them healthy? Um, and I guess you, you did touch upon the source of fiber is very critical. So just briefly, if you could t- touch upon that to reassure owners, yes, I mean, their digestive health is going to be okay on this type of feed. Sure. I mean, yes and no. This is a much more intensive management situation. And that's why we always recommend we feed as much hay as possible when we can. So this is not an approach you take lightly or do because you don't like sourcing hay and stacking it in the hayloft. That's not a good reason to go down this path. I would say it it needs to be a path of last resort because you do have to manage it more intensively. So in terms of keeping the hindgut healthy, The hindgut is where we digest our fiber. So having those good sources of fiber that are high enough in the diet, that part of digestive health, we can help support the horse. And of course, the added pre-burn probiotics that are already in the feed, they help with that as well. So that combined with multiple small meals per day does address that fiber need that the digestive tract has and keeping a healthy hindgut. What you're trying to balance at the same time is a healthy stomach and When horses are eating hay, they're creating saliva. That saliva has bicarb, which is buffering the natural acidity of the stomach. The presence of hay in the stomach is helping buffer it. So that's more challenging. 
So the multiple small meals per day, again, do help with that. But we certainly put horses at greater risk of developing ulcers on this type of diet. So it's not a choice you would make lightly because it's definitely easier to manage a horse. It's a choice you make because their other negative health impacts are greater than the risk of ulcers. Um, and then I'm going to think about, are there other ways I can support digestive health? Um, so in these situations, I absolutely recommend putting a horse on the constant comfort top dress if they still have teeth, um, the constant comfort block. So like, like your COPD heaves horse, your horse with right dorsal colitis. It would be a little challenging for our really old senior horse who just has gumminess to get a block down, but the top dress, which those concentrated ingredients that support stomach health that we can add to their complete feed, that would definitely be an option that we could do. And really, again, you're just risk management. That's what I talk about all the time. You're managing your risk. So you're making a decision that those other health impacts are of greater concern than the risk of ulcers. And then what are things I can do to decrease the risk of ulcers on this type of diet? I will be very honest in that this is a more intensive management strategy. I even have some customers that train their horses and work really closely to get them to the point where they can free choice eat their complete feed. You can't do that with all horses. Um, some of them remain those little piggies and they won't do it, but that is an option, but it has to be so intensively managed again. No, it does sound like it. It does sound like, and you're right. Like, like it, 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 it's nice that we have this in our arsenal, but, but we have to be very careful when, when we do use it. My next question would be, how do costs compare? You know, because buying all these bags of feed and like you say, the, the amount fed per day, you know, compared to, I guess, a, a hay diet with, you know, obviously a concentrate on top of that one too. So what are the costs looking like for owners with, with this? I mean, it's it's definitely more economical to rely on forage for their, the fiber portion of the diet than relying on a complete feed. So if it's purely like a cost comparison, the longer we can keep horses eating hay, the better. The times that maybe it does become more economical to do something like this would be your example, the drought, where I can't find hay, what I can find is terrible and I have to pay an arm and a leg for it. Those are scenarios when then you start to think maybe feeding the complete uh diet from something from a bag does pencil in better, but that's such an extreme situation. I will say you're always better off buying good quality hay, but you know, the balance of that is maybe you don't have as great a quality hay and you feed that complete feed in a smaller quantity. So you're still feeding hay. Then sometimes those numbers actually make more sense. Um, and they allow you to do that mix and match and the horse does better if you're choosing the complete feed that's high in digestible fiber to complement the lower quality hay, then they would if you chose a feed that was otherwise comparable in protein and fat, for example, but didn't have the high fiber. So in those cases, you end up feeding less concentrate because you're getting more out of the hay if you're complementing lower quality hay with the higher fiber feed than something else that wasn't as high in fiber. So the numbers can work both ways. Well, I just want to add, Nicole, before we, we sign off is, you know, if if any owners out there, their heads are spinning, they're like, oh my goodness, I might have a horse that needs it. Uh, do I use a complete feed? Do I not? 
please reach out to the tribute team. We always provide the link in the show notes. You can contact them. It's free advice. They, they will talk you through a proper nutrition plan or any questions you have with any complete feed, constant comfort, ration balancers, or anything. Please, please, please use that resource. It's there for you. Yeah, we are always happy to work through a personal equine feeding plan for every one of your horses. So a lot of these that we talked about kind of are outside of the normal and you don't expect your average horse owner to have a lot of experience with that. You know, we have the luxury of working with so many horses that we can give you some tips in making some of these changes just based on all those horses we've previously worked with. And we're absolutely happy to do that. Yes, please use that resource. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes on social media and with with your equine enthusiast friends. And also thank you for dropping five-star reviews on iTunes. You know, if, if you can take a few moments and do that, we really appreciate it. Our circulation's really increasing greatly, which is which is amazing for us. And again, just trying to make the lives better for these horses and you. So thank you so much. Thanks, Chris.